A number of years ago, one of Jim Henson's Muppet characters famously said, Peoples is peoples, with the implication that no matter who we are or where we come from, we're all basically the same. But is that true? Within a certain culture, we may all be similar in our beliefs of right and wrong and normal, but what happens when you cross cultural lines or when you move to another culture? People from one culture often find the practices of another culture to be backwards, too morally progressive, too morally oppressive, even criminal. For example, most Americans would say that slavery, cannibalism, and pedophilia are appalling practices, yet they are still practiced in other parts of the world. Today, though, we want to look at a different cultural line that exists, and the differences that we encounter when we cross that line such as parents allowing their children and even equipping their children to do things that are dangerous, harmful, abusive, and morally untenable according to the moral authority of Scripture. An authority, by the way, that should transcend any cultural norm for raising healthy kids. We'll unpack all that with today's special guest, Dr. Nicholas Carderas, next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. As we say each week, our goal on the program is to take what we learn each day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill and share it with you in the hopes that you'll become more intentional as a parent and avoid the need for residential care. And in the process, we hope to bring you some insight on today's culture. Our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Retrosel. And Trace, there are some ways uh, that the Muppet I referenced a moment ago was probably right, that peoples is peoples, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's that we, we seem to be subject to temptation. That is one way in which we're all the same. The Bible speaks clearly to that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I think, though, that um, that may be partly why digital technology's systemic influence is probably here to stay. It tempts us in so many ways, and because we don't set out to avoid temptation in this case, uh, we get caught by it. Now, as we start our time together today, though, let's set the record straight once again. We've said this before. You, Trace, really don't have a problem with the digital technology itself as a whole. You just think that because of the systemic nature of it in today's world, it has helped to cloud parents' judgment in a big way in some areas. Is that kind of sum it up? Yeah, it's kind of like our sin nature on steroids in, in a lot of respects. Uh, but it's also kind of like cars or guns or alcohol, tobacco, or, or even movies. Uh, all these things serve a purpose, if some only for carnal pleasure. And, and all these things have been around long enough to have some of the age-appropriate bugs worked out of them. Right. Digital technology, however, is a you know a bit too new to have all the safety bugs and wise protocol worked out. At least I think so, anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm talking mainly about kids having their own unfettered access to their own smartphones. I've never understood that. And I'm going to keep beating this drum until more people start waking up to this insanity. Uh, but we have to first pull our, our noses out of our own smartphones long enough to connect these dots. Folks, there are reasons that mental illness and suicide are skyrocketing among American kids these days. And it started long before COVID-19. But it's not just our kids. It's happening to uh, adults as well. Mm-hmm. And notice I said reasons, plural. Because smartphones are not the only reason people are going off the rails today. But they are a conduit to virtually all the other 
issues and vices that are, are plaguing our kids today, our families, our society today. Uh, this is a, a much bigger deal and deeper conversation than most people realize. Yet not enough real adults are pointing it out or speaking up about the, the digital pink elephants that are inhabiting virtually every home and educational institution in America today. Again, I'm referring to smartphones in the hands of kids. Unfettered and unmonitored lies, slandered, smut, danger, and harm in an easy-to-carry plastic box. But who's addressing this? Folks, this is a recipe for disaster for our kids, and we're seeing it played out everywhere we turn. Today, we'll be talking to a man who can help us bring even more revelation and clarity to this subject. Well, we definitely are. We've asked Dr. Nicholas Carderas to join us once again in this conversation, Trace. Uh, Dr. Carderas is a psychologist. He's a best-selling author, internationally renowned speaker, a professor, and an expert on mental health, addiction, and the impacts of our digital age. He has also developed clinical treatment programs in clinics all across the country, His books include Glow Kids, which was published in 2016 by St. Martin's Press, and How Plato and Pythagoras Can Save Your Life, published in 2011. In fact, he's got a new book uh, that's in the works now. Perhaps we'll find out more about that in today's conversation. But in his clinical work with adolescents, Dr. Carderas has discovered that many teens today are suffering from genuine psychiatric disorders such as anxiety, depression, even psychosis-like symptoms as a result of their screen dependence. Dr. Carderas understands that smartphones and screen time in general have become a new type of digital drug, that's his term, that's used as an escape for young people, but it's also incredibly addictive. And in researching the effects of screen time on the brain, he found that the effects neurologically mirror actual substance addiction and are especially problematic in young children where their brains are still developing. Incidentally, uh, Dr. Carderas and his family have recently moved back to the New York area. He's joining us today from his home in Sag Harbor, New York. Trace. Well, Dr. Nick, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. It's been too long. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, a lot has changed since last we spoke, but it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with both of you, Trace. And Rich, thank you again for inviting me. Always good to have you. Yeah, and, and since we last talked, uh, there has been a lot going on in the news that uh, seemed to have maybe taken away any attention that could have otherwise been given to any new discoveries or statistics uh, about tech addictions in kids. Tell us about uh, the additional reports or findings over the past two years that uh, we need to be aware of. Well, so so we've all lived through, or, or, you know, those of us who have survived this pandemic We've gone through a pretty horrific 18-month, 24-month uh, experience with a viral epidemic. And what some of my colleagues and I are talking about is the attendant shadow pandemic that went with it. And the shadow pandemic that I've written about and some others are talking about is the mental health crisis that's also occurred uh, in, in conjunction with quarantines and lockdowns and mm-hmm. additional screen time because, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic was a beta test to really show what would happen if screen time increased and kids were educated via screens, which had been a movement before the pandemic. What does happen when you raise the intensity of screens and isolation and you remove face-to-face connection? Because, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm still chuckling at the Muppets introduction, which I've (laughs) never been on the show, which means the Muppets and intro, which, again, I thank you. (laughs) But it's a really actually amazingly true point that you made 
peoples is peoples. And what's happened in the digital age is we've shifted away from the way that we were meant to live. And that's the bigger narrative that I think I'd like to kind of highlight since our last conversation. A few years ago when I wrote Glow Kids, it was new information that our devices could be habit-forming. But but Mm -hmm. we've checked that box. That's already now been an established thing. Now the more important conversation is how has our intersection with all these this fancy gadgetry affected our mental health? And, and, and what, what we're seeing is that we're hardwired to have certain social, emotional needs met. We're hardwired for community. We're hardwired for physical activity. We're hardwired for meaning and purpose in our lives. And mm-hmm. the connection piece was, was in our DNA because the tribe survived. We needed each other to survive throughout the ages. And, and we're, we're hardwired to be physically active. And, and when we're not physically active, things like depression and anxiety and isolation sets in. And there's no coincidence that millennials now are considered the loneliest generation. You know, right. the most plugged-in generation is considered the loneliest generation. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you factor those in. And, and there was some incredible research from... Uh, a neuroscientist called Dr. Stephen Alardi that was looking at depression all over the world. Uh, and this is pre-COVID. And he had found that the people that were mentally healthiest, that had the lowest rates of depression, in fact, had almost zero rates of depression, were indigenous and pre-industrial cultures. Then they looked specifically at the Kaluli in, uh, in uh, New, Papua New Guinea, and they looked at mm-hmm. some other uh, tribal cultures. Exa- well, so that was one of the four things. They were much more physically active, and they had no time mm-hmm. for sitting in the basement in front of a screen, they were working collectively together in really strong family and group ties that we don't have. And they were also much more in nature and outdoors. Those were the main criteria. And and, and so so the bigger question is, has not our our devices addicting, but what is, has our modern age, is it antithetical to our needs as human beings? So I think that's, what's exploded over the last 18 to 24 months. Because mm-hmm. now what we did is we, inc- so we know that screen time doubled over COVID and depression tripled during COVID. So mm-hmm. when you take a species that's meant to be social, meant to be connected, meant to be physically active, meant to have purpose and meaning in their lives, and you lock them up and you make them sedentary and you make them stare at a screen a lot longer, and then you educate them through a screen for another eight hours a day, you're going to see some pretty significant psychiatric blowback. Well, here, here's a drum that I've been beating since uh, around 2007. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Archibald Hart, but he wrote a book called Thrilled to Death. And mm-hmm. uh, in it, he, he really emphasized, and this is, bef- this is pre-smartphone. Uh, this is when we still had our, our desktops to, to you know, stay busy with. But uh, he, he seemed to think that... Uh, there was an issue which a lot of doctors are only familiar with as far as drug addiction and depression and schizophrenia, a condition known as anhedonia. And he says that there's a digitally induced anhedonia, which basically is a destruction of the pleasure center of the brain and where people just cannot find pleasure in anything, largely because they've been pleasured in the, in the imbecility. It's like uh, the addict that keeps chasing the genie trying to find the next fix. It, you know, when you just experience what you thought would bring the ultimate and it's let you down, where do you go from there? Well, you go crazy. And that's what he was talking about in 2008. I don't hear, and he, he claimed back then that 80% of the American population, uh, unless you're Amish, 
uh, was dealing with <laughs> this condition, this anhedonic condition. Uh, right. And uh, if you were a kid, probably 100% even back then. Today, as we've just been discussing, it's probably off the charts. Have you considered that or thought about or uh, yeah. uh, yeah. broached yeah. that topic? Yeah, and you know, back in 1985, I'll go, I'll go, a couple of decades earlier, Dr. Neil Postman at NYU wrote right. a book amusing ourselves to death. Right. And, and was looking at, at that time, the desensitization of screen culture being television. You know, yep. our, our old, our good old living room. Four channels. Inhabiting. <laughs> right, four channels. And, um, and, and, and there's a book that's coming out right now by a Stanford professor called Dopamine Nation that speaks exactly to that point, that we've been comfortably numb or digitally numb because we're so overly stimulated by high-octane digital experiences mm-hmm. that yep. now our dopamine receptors are essentially shot. Right. You know, so most of the kids that I work with have, at some degree, the depression or anhedonia. Their shoulders shrugging, they're numb because they've been overly stimulated. That's and so exactly. that's sad. That's profoundly sad to see that that's what's happening. Yeah. The, there's another piece of the puzzle that I'm working on in my new book now that I find fascinating, which I think is contributing to the psychiatric fire, this, this adolescent, uh, and, it, and it relates a bit to political correctness and the reactivity and the hyper-emotionality that some of our young people are having. The, let's call it a lack Fragilous. of resilience, the inability to tolerate the, the fragility. Thank you, the, the fragility. So what's, yeah. what's driving this fragility? So back in the day when we all went to college and decades ago, you had the ability to discuss things in nuance and gray, now young people are, their brains are being wired to see things in extremes. We call it black and white thinking, right? So black and oh, white. Yeah. And, and by the way, black and white thinking is one of the main symptoms, one of the main diagnostic features of something called borderline personality disorder, which we're seeing spiking through the roof. So a lot of our young people um, can't handle nuance. They see things love, hate, black, white, red, blue, up, down. There's no gray area. Right, and it's largely because of all the stimuli coming at them that their, their, their critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities have been thwarted, diminished. So it's, and, stunted, but it's stunted, but it's also reflecting the polarization of social media. It's, it's, let me back up. Decades ago, there was linguistic theory that was called, it was called linguistic determinism, and these two theorists, Sapir and Worf, had come up with this theory, which was proved accurate, that without language, you can't think of something, especially abstract concepts. So if you didn't have the word for, say, alienation, your brain couldn't conceptualize alienation mm. if there wasn't a, a word for it. So language-shaped thought was, was sort of sure. their thesis. And now, you know, McLuhan in the 70s talked about the medium is the message. Now the medium, now what's shaping five-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 15-year-olds right. are these polarization buckets. And, and if these algorithm-fueled polarization buckets are shaping little Johnny and little Susie's, it's not That's just um, brainwashing them. It's fundamentally shaping their ability to process information. They can't register. Uh, it's almost like the, the, your visual, you can register infrared or, or visible light. They can't register nuance or grays. They only register extremes. And so well, like, what that begins to trans, well, what it translates into as they grow up, as they get into adolescence and young adulthood, is extreme thinking, black and white thinking, which is highly reactive thinking, which now leads into a fragility state. 
And my hypothesis is these kids are now the ones who are leaving college and are entirely right. ill-equipped to handle work and life and struggles right. and the nuance of, of the real world. But they're making our laws, too. They're enforcing our laws. They're interpreting our laws. And, and that's the yeah, real yeah. Uh, fear uh, along the way. But we're up against the break. Well, we are indeed. Our guest today, if you've just joined us, is Dr. Nicholas Carderas, a psychologist, internationally renowned speaker, professor, mental health and addiction expert, and best-selling author of the book Glow Kids, How Screen Addiction is Hijacking Our Kids and How to Break the Trance. We'll be talking more about that and also find out about a new book that he's got coming up in just a moment. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall to be completed by the end of the year, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And as a reminder, you can hear all of our past conversations, just like this one, on our website at licensedtoparent.org. Our guest today is Dr. Nicholas Carderas. He's author of a book called Glow Kids. Uh, which discusses the addictive nature of smartphones. In fact, how screen addiction is hijacking our kids is uh, part of the subtitle of the book and how to break the trance. Dr. Carderas, earlier in the program, you were talking about uh, the fact that the most connected generation is really the most disconnected. And it's, it, that really resonates with me. I sort of feel like we have all bought a lie about what smartphones are doing for us. When I first got mine, I proudly proclaimed to my wife that this device, because I can check emails on it, is going to allow me to be less tethered to my office. 
And within the first few weeks of having it, she said, you are, you are not only more tethered to your office, you know, you're, you've almost become a slave to your office because now you can never walk away from it. And she was absolutely right. And um, I, th- I think for our kids in particular, but f- for all of us now, we're looking at the, quote, social connections that we make through our smartphones, whether it's texting people or doing Instagram or TikTok or, uh, you know, Facebook, any of the social media platforms, and we feel like we're really connected. But uh, address that, if you would. Why is that not the case? Well, it's almost the exact opposite. It's been essentially a bait and switch. Smartphones are potentially making dumber people and social media is really anti-social media. And, and so the honey that, that has been trying to lure people have been some of the promises that you spoke about being untethered from work and, and, and smartphones can be these amazing gadgets. But what they've done is they've created a 24-7 work day and work week where you're, now we're all overworked and overstressed and never really having time to be human and to really be unplugged from work. And social media is really not the medium that genuine socialization needs to occur. It's a counterfeit connection. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it should have been like chocolate and peanut butter. It should have been a perfect marriage, a social media for a social species. But in fact, what it's done is it's created the illusion of connection, not genuine connection. And so that's why we're seeing millennials who are the most plugged in are the most depressed, lonely, suicidal, psychiatrically unwell generation uh, on record. And Trace, with regard to your work day in and day out at Shepherd's Hill, you're seeing kids coming into Shepherd's Hill who, who you know, fit the pattern from the beginning to the end of, of, of oh, what, yeah. you know, smartphones are doing to them. And yet you unplug them. So they go from being totally connected, yes, to being totally unplugged. What do you see? What What's the transformation look like? Well, it, being unplugged, uh, we require that they work, that they, they take care of their own environments, they build their own cabins, that they learn new things, trades uh, along the way. And, you know, my wife and I, we do a thing called the Last Supper, or the night before graduation, we ask uh, every, every graduate uh, a long list of questions because we're trying to uh, continually improve as, as a ministry here at Shepherd's Hill, as a therapeutic ministry. And I ask him, one of the questions I ask, what's one thing that Shepherd's Hill can never stop doing? And you know the thing that comes up very, very often? Never stop making us work with our hands. Mm-hmm. We never felt so human. And I never realized what how uh, wonderful life could be without a device hanging off my pocket. And, you know, you can physically see uh, the way uh, the kids carry their their bodies, the the countenances on their faces, um, the way they interact with people. You know, they come in here with virtually no social skills. They don't know how to really talk to human beings face-to-face. We're giving them an opportunity to have a real face-to-face human experience you know, and I've said, so how do you think you're going to do out in the real world? Here's the answer I get a lot. Mr. Trace, I feel like I've been living in the real world for a year now. I'm going out into a matrix. <laughs> I'm going out into a virtual yeah. world that I have to try to bring some sanity back into. And I, and I encourage them to do that, to do just that. Well, and, and every time I come onto the campus uh, at Shepherd's Hill, what I see is 
uh, students who are walking from place to place. They're engaged in conversation while they're walking. They may be playing Mm -hmm. basketball. They may be working on a project. I've been to, you know, where where they live, to the shelters that they build, and it's it's very rustic at Shepherds Hill. Yeah. No running water electricity. But, well, not not in the here. camps themselves. <laughs> at their camps at their living right. quarters. But yeah. uh, but it's it it truly is remarkable. And when you speak to the young men and women who are at Shepherd's Hill as students, they look you in the eye. They speak respectfully. They speak intelligently. And uh, it's it's hard to imagine that these are the same people who set foot inside the gates for the first time just a year before. One thing I've learned about young people: they will do what's required of them. The problem is most parents don't require much, and they're using their gadgets to duck out of responsibility and really deep quality, intimate relationships with their kids, just like their kids are ducking out uh, uh, with others as well. Uh, but I, I find it interesting that some—I must have been living under a rock, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I have uh, along the way, but I— it just dawned on me that it's insulting to, to, to call anybody, you know, just randomly call someone— they're expecting a warning text that you're going to call. And it's like, what in the heck just happened right. there? And I, I wonder why no one's answering their phone anymore. And I realize, well, you know, you're, they're probably listening to your message on their, on their exercise bike or over a latte. Uh, and, you know, but, but I'm the rude one for calling, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, Dr. Carderis, uh, any final thoughts from you? What, what is it going to take for us to change our own habits and addictions and get our kids to do the same thing. Um, you know, my treatment programs somewhat mirror what Trace is doing at Shepherds. We're doing physical activity. We're doing things in nature. We're getting people's hands dirty, and they're doing it together as a community. Um, that's the solution, leaning back into back to basics. I, I, I can't say it enough. We have to go back to basics because we've gone too far astray from your Muppet <laughs> quote. <laughs> humans is humans, and we've become digitized non-humans, and it's been to our detriment. And Trace, I'm always amazed when I hear you speak, and you know, really, God bless you in the work that you're doing, because that is the solution. If we can all do some of that as parents, because it's a really, really rough matrix that most of our kids are growing up in right now. We can't even imagine what it's like to be a 13-year-old. Yeah. Well, I need to bring this to a close today. Our time, unfortunately, has gotten away from us. But uh, our thanks to our guest today, Dr. Nicholas Carderis, psychologist, speaker, professor, mental health and addiction expert, and best-selling author of the book Glow Kids, How Screen Addiction is Hijacking Our Kids and How to Break the Trance. Incidentally, you can learn more about uh, the work of Dr. Carderis and find his books uh, at all major booksellers, but uh, you can find out more about him on his website, Dr. Carderis. Darris.com, and that's D-R-K-A-R-D-A-R-A-S.com. We'll have a link to that in our show notes today. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, as we say at the start of just about every program, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of our parent ministry, Shepherds Hill Academy, which provides year-long Christ-centered residential programs for teens that doesn't just focus on getting the teens back on track because we know that that in and of itself isn't going to be enough. In fact, we work with the entire family to heal relationships and develop healthy home environments for these kids to return to. Our team shows what living out a biblical worldview looks like on a day-to-day basis in front of these kids and helps hurting families to do the very same. And the success stories are absolutely amazing. 
If you'd like to learn more about our ministry and if you'd like to find some free resources that we have to offer or if you think your family could benefit from our residential program, please visit us online at LicensedToParent.org. Again, LicensedToParent.org. There you'll find links to Shepherd's Hill Academy and our many other resources, including the past conversations like the one that we've had today. And I hope that that'll be very helpful to you. My thanks to our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent, Daniel Fasina, and to our technical producer, Carl Peets. For our host, Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time for more insight for today's culture and another opportunity to renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.